DGFG is proud to present Grabbing the Mic with Nikki Judge and Friends, a podcast with a purpose where real and raw conversations are had about real world experiences happening in society on a daily basis. Real talk leading to a greater awareness and understanding in areas of social injustices and marginalized communities, entrepreneurship, gender equality and empowerment, politics, science, adversity, finding promise, positivity and inspiration and so much more. So get comfortable and get ready for great talks and many moments of laughter with Nikki. It's time to talk about hair. Theorem, driven by beauty, backed by science. What if beautiful hair could be as easy as one, two, three? Theorem's three-part hair care system is scientifically proven to repair and improve your hair from root to tip. No matter what type of hair you have, it all adds up. Interested in more? Go to hairlovebykendra.com. That's hairlovebykendra, K-E-N-D-R-A.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Grabbing the Mic with Nikki Judge and Friends. Last week, they flipped the script on me and decided to interview me. And this week, since Demi Lovato wasn't available, I decided that I would interview the next best option, which is my wife and my favorite co-host, Carrie Judge. Yeah, this should be interesting. So I got a list of questions for her, and I am hoping that you guys will have a better feel for her and who she is. She does not know what questions I have. There was no pre, pre-planning pre to the questions, which I feel like is going to make this even more fun. Carrie, I want to know, does that scare you, or does it make you more excited? It makes me more excited. I'm not scared of any of these questions, so bring it on. Whoa, <laughs> you're so tough. So first I want to get into, because we today are at the one-year anniversary of the pandemic. I don't really know. Can you call it an anniversary or doomsday, I guess? But I want to know, where were you a year ago today? A year ago today, I was at work, and I remember, uh, well, first of all, we had gone to a Kings game, Kings basketball here in Sacramento. And um, with my coworkers, and we went and had a really cool dinner, and then we walked over to the um, the arena that we built actually, and um, we get there, and there's you know it's a crazy huge crowd of people because it's the last game of the season, and it doesn't start. Everybody's just kind of waiting, and the crowd's starting to get more and more restless, and um, my best friend at work, Bill Kyle, he, um, he leans over and he goes, I think something's up. And then pretty soon there was a voice on the announcement, um, that said, you know, sorry folks, the game's canceled. And everybody was super mad because, you know, it was the last game of the season, but it turns out that I believe one of the referees from the other team, they, or whatever, however it's set up, had contracted COVID and so they had to actually cancel the game. So it actually became real and it was pretty scary. So I was at work the day that everybody basically said, screw this, I'm working from home. And so I remember packing up my stuff and I was shaky. I was like kind of upset, like a little nervous. And I remember actually Googling, um, we don't have, we didn't have any weapons. (laughs) So, So I'm Googling like, bats and I mean I don't think you can buy a gun on the internet maybe you can but we you know I so I wanted to get stuff and so I ended up ordering my first box of face masks and 
hand sanitizer, not really even thinking we'd ever really need them. It just didn't seem real. Did we ever get those face masks? (laughs) We never got the face masks. (laughs) I keep telling Amazon, I never got the face masks. So yeah, it was crazy. So knowing you, I know you're obsessed with The Walking Dead. When all of this happened, at any moment, (laughs) did you think zombies were going to be coming out of the bushes? Absolutely. And I know exactly what I'm going to do. And so I've already have my zombie apocalypse plan in place. And so, um, yeah, obviously I, we were ill prepared, but I did take inventory of what we do have at home. And I'm like, maybe we could take a lamp and like take it apart and sharpen it. I don't know. Would that penetrate a skull? I don't know. Okay. I already know the answer to this question because I know you and you've made me plan for the zombies. Like I've had to have go through the escape route. If a zombie apocalypse did happen, which you think it's going to, which is absurd, but whatever, where can you tell the world where is the safest and best place to go? Okay, you need a couple of stops. All right. <laughs> First off, if you can get to a Costco, that's a good place to hold yourself up. All right. All you have to do is fight off the people that are already in the building. But it's basically it's made out of CMU and there's, you know, a unlimited amount of food and drink and... um in some cases, beds and clothing. I mean, it's the perfect spot, obviously. haven't? Why haven't you thought of this? Because you have thought of it for me. Because I don't believe in aliens and zombies. And you have literally thought of everything for me. All I need to do is get on my motorcycle, aim for the brain, and go to Costco. Right? It's kind of. But I actually want to go back to where you said you don't believe in aliens. Well, and and I feel like that maybe needs to be a different podcast. Maybe. Maybe next time you can interview me and we'll go over that. But we're we're moving on this subject of zombies. We're done with zombies. Okay. I don't want to be done with zombies because I also have mapped it. Okay. Nope. Hold on. I have I have an escape route. (laughs) And I mapped it on Google Maps and we're going to Catalina Island. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Jeez Louise. Okay. I wanna know, do you feel you're a mom. Do you feel that like has being a mom, has parenting changed during the pandemic for you? Um, yes. You know, in the very beginning, my son, you know, he was just so ready. He was a um, in eighth grade, so excited to go into high school. So when this all happened and we had to leave our jobs, leave our schools, he was excited. Um, and I know Caden was too. Like they were just kind of, it was a new, it was a new thing and everybody was just sort of excited about, you know, the prospect of working and doing school from home. Um, and I found quickly that you have to really be present. And I don't know if I was actually as present as I am now, um, as his mom. And I remember, especially during the summer, really, really just racking my brain for things for us to do to keep them, you know, occupied. And I remember going to Barnes and Noble and just like getting all the puzzles I could find, all the, you know, we bought books about mazes and crosswords and Sudoku and like all these different things. So, um, yeah, I think I am more engaged with my children now than I was before. And I took for granted, um, being able to have a little bit of peace but I also didn't I don't think I was putting enough value on spending quality time with them okay we'll cross over now do you think your friendships and your relationship 
with me specifically, if you have a relationship with anybody else, I wouldn't disclose that now, has changed during a pandemic? Um, I won't disclose that now. But uh, <laughs> no, um, I think, you know, you and I have actually had conversations where um, we we know people that have broken up during the pandemic. I mean, just being stuck with the same person over and over, day in and day out. Um, and we always are so grateful that we have been able to seriously have been able to last this pandemic still together, still happy together, still living our lives. And, um, you know, so yeah, I would say that, um, you know, it makes you more grateful for the people that you've chosen to keep in your life. Um, because at least for in my, in our situation, we we really lucked out. I mean, do you feel like you really lucked out the most? Because I am like walking entertainment and I'm a walking good time. So (laughs) I wish you guys could see her slow blinking at me right now. But I just kind of feel like you won in this deal. Like you got the best person to be locked up in a house with. I just realized that you're wearing my favorite sweatshirt. (laughs) So um yeah no it's it's been fun Nikki is really fun to have around and stuff but there is a dynamic where you just sort of kind of get we all get sluggish where you're just like what am I gonna do now like why do I have to be entertained or doing something constantly and it's really a big change when you don't have something on your plate all the time so you're always looking for something to do something constructive and and you can only watch so much tv or do so many TikToks, Nikki Judge. Um, but like we've we've invented, ha- kind of reinvented family time a little bit. Okay, so these next, th- those are good answers. I like those, especially the part about where you like being locked up with me. Um, are you, these, these last two are very quick and I already know the answer to them, but your viewers may not. Um, I mean your listeners. Are you a masker or an anti-masker? absolutely a masker are you a one layer or a two layer what does that mean you know people are wearing two layers now because you're supposed to wear two masks because it's safer are you going are you going that far or do you feel that one one is enough no i i just use the ones that i buy and i prefer my my biden one the best (laughs) okay um if you could get the vaccine you are not as cool as i am so i mean i've already got mine if you could get it today would you Absolutely. 100%. And do you have a preference on Johnson Johnson, Moderna, or Pfizer? Uh, No. I just want whatever comes quickly and whatever is the easiest. I needed you to say Dolly Parton's Moderna. Yeah, I don't care. Whatever. Okay. We're going to move over to talk about work. Carrie Joe Judge. Tell us, what is it like working in a male dominated industry and you've been in a male dominated industry for as long as I've been alive so tell us what that's like well maybe half the time that you've been alive because we are the same age but um yeah no I work in the construction industry and I've been in there for about 20 years and um what is it like working in the industry yeah um it can be challenging uh, I ha- I literally was on a job site a long, long time ago with a guy, older guy, who kept calling me the girl. Ask the girl to order us more pens. 
Ask the girl to order more coffee. Ask the girl. And finally, I just like lost it and was like, are you fucking kidding me? My name is Carrie. (laughs) Like, call me by my name and you can ask politely or you can take your happy ass to the store and get yourself some coffee. So I just um, but you have to push those boundaries. You have to set boundaries for yourself and let everybody know that you have those boundaries and um, I think that that kind of earns you a little bit of respect. Um, and it, it's been a long road, but I love I love the industry. Do you think that it earns your respect or do you think that men would have a tendency to go around and say then that you're the you're, you're the bitch? Oof, that is such a loaded question. Uh, and, and I'll tell you, that's a that is a, a battle that a lot of women face where you sort of kind of question, should I speak up? Because I don't want to be the bitch. I don't want to be the outcast or the one that's raising a um, an issue where maybe some people think there is none. And so, um, but I don't care. And, and so I will always choose my own dignity over whether it's going to make somebody feel bad or not. Um, and again, I think that that is something that everybody should really take with them. And it, and it sucks that, that we struggle with that as women in a male dominated workplace and maybe in any workplace. Um, but definitely that's something that I've learned. And current day, like 2021 hasn't been long enough, but 2020, do you still have people asking you to make coffee or asking you to make copies just because you're the girl that they see in the hall? Yes, it still happens. But those are usually the new people that don't really know me very well. And I will literally say, oh, no, uh, let me show you where the copy room is. Or let me show you where the coffee is located. Or why don't you go ask our receptionist who actually is is in charge of that stuff. So, yeah, you just really have in, in a kind kind of my mom calls it verbal judo, where you just the way you say something can really kind of knock someone back without being disrespectful. So, yeah, you have to definitely kind of redirect them and go, mm, no, I'm not the one. Okay, um, we're going to take you to like junior high. I need you to think back to junior high or maybe high school. Mine was in junior high. And you have career day. So little Carrie Joe with her little Charles Manson little marble eyes sitting there. And the teacher, you have to present for the teacher what your chosen career was. In junior high, what was that job? I, do you know the answer? No. <laughs> I wanted to be a mechanic. I actually got a scholarship in high school to go to um, auto technic school, and I um, I went for a little bit, and then I realized eh, it wasn't really wasn't for me. Um, I I loved to work on cars, and I spent a lot of my high school in um, a junkyard where these guys taught me how to identify different parts of a car. I mean, I changed my own starter. I did a bunch of different things because I had a crap car that always needed work. So I always learned on that. But that's what I would that's what I would have wanted to do in junior high. All right. And what is that's very cool. And I find it kind of ironic because when the cars break down now, you don't do anything but call me. And then I don't do anything but then call like triple A. So we have a real good I would like to correct that and say that I call the mechanic myself. I don't ask you to do it. But yeah, no, I don't. I mean, it's hard to work on cars these days. And by the way, I don't have all the tools and nor the desire anymore. It's just not my passion anymore. We don't have any tools. Today, Carrie and I installed lights and we didn't even have like a normal screwdriver. So we're the worst lesbians ever. Um, All right, Carrie, what is your favorite job to date that you've had? 
Ooh, my favorite job to date. Okay, my favorite job to date would probably be, this is so, so random. I love working in construction, but I was also an assistant manager of a Western warehouse. And um, I had so much fun. I was in my 20s and we would get tickets to all the country concerts. And I was like part of the rodeo crew at Folsom Rodeo. And um, we would, we would, I mean, we would just like, it was just so much fun. I had a blast. Did you do the boot scoot and boogie? I hate the boot scoot and boogie. So no, (laughs) but I can do, I don't know, a lot of different line dances and I still really enjoy it. It's pretty fun. Did you wear Wranglers? Yes. Yes, I did. Did they have a stack? Oh, you always have to stack your Wranglers. For those of you that don't know, stacking means that you wear jeans that are too long for you so that they kind of bunch at the bottom. But the point is that when you're on a horse, you won't have high waters. I didn't know that. I thought it was just style. I didn't realize that it served a purpose. That's pretty cool. All right. What is the worst job that you've ever had? The worst job I ever had was working for, I will not name names, but I worked for a company that absolutely had zero work for me. And um, I hate being bored and not utilized. And so that was, that was the absolute worst was, was this one company. So, yeah, (laughs) that was very vague. (laughs) Um, So, okay. What would your dream job be today? You walk out of the house, a genie gives you whatever job you want. What is that? Oof, that's a tough one. I actually really like to be on this podcast. I think it'd be fun to be on a radio show or like, um, I don't know about a talk show, but I really enjoy doing this podcast and doing recordings, maybe like a crime one where you go investigate a crime and then you do a podcast about it. I don't know. I just think that that type of stuff is really fun. And we've, we, you and I have listened to a lot of really cool podcasts. Let me tell you the worst part about this is that, you know, they did this podcast and it's grabbing the mic with Nikki Judge and friends and every single podcast, everybody talks about your voice and how you have a voice for radio and your voice is so calming and blah, 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 all these compliments about your voice. And I think they forget that this podcast is not grabbing the mic with Carrie Joe and friends or even Carrie Judge and friends. It's Nikki Judge. And you're just my chosen friend in that moment. Do you feel like this podcast should have been grabbing the mic with Carrie Judge and sometimes Nikki? I feel... <laughs> You put me on the spot on this one. I I really love the idea of this podcast and what it stands for and the things that we're bringing to people. Um, so yeah, you know, I kind of wish I I do kind of selfishly wish that it was like bring grabbing the mic with the judges or something with the both of us. Um, and I always have to admit, you know, I you know I make shirts and I have my own Etsy shop and I I do all of the merch for this thing. And so whenever I print, whenever I do like. The graphics and it says grabbing the mic with Nikki Judge. I'm like, mm, what should, what would they do <laughs> if I changed it up a little bit? Have you ever thought about Have you ever thought about messing my name up on the shirts? Yeah, I have thought about putting grabbing the mic with Sticky Judge or, or Icky. Icky or Icky. Icky. Icky would work. Okay, so we're talking about work and stuff. If you were born during caveman days. Do you think you would be a hunter or a gatherer and why? That's a really good question. Wow. 
I should have been Ellen. <laughs> Just for anybody that can hear this, I keep hitting <laughs> Nikki in the face with the mic. Um, I would be, I think I'd be a hunter. Because I... <laughs> <laughs> Why is that so funny? I just pictured you in like a little loincloth with your little legs just walking around. Hold on. That's terrible. That's terrible of you. I First of all, I would rock the hell out of a loincloth. <laughs> no, I think I could. I think, oh, but then you have to kill animals. But maybe when you're a caveman, you don't really think about it that way. They're just food. You're just surviving at that. Point. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I, you know, I would be a hunter, but if they needed help with the gatherers, I would totally gather with people. And I'm also a nurturer by nature. So I'd, I'd want to get like medicine and like leaves and stuff, roots. <laughs> you're the medicine man. All right. You mentioned, um, your business, your small business, making t-shirts and stuff for people. Why don't you tell us about that? I'll tell you about it. I don't ever see you anymore. And I hope you're I hope you're happy with the choices that you've made um, out there in your diva den or she shed or whatever you guys want to call it. But tell us about your your business. What's the name? Where can you find your stuff? Tell us. Okay, well, thanks for the plug. (laughs) Yeah, no, I started an Etsy shop at the beginning of the year, and it's called Judge Custom Artistry. Um, And I make shirts, primarily shirts and hoodies. Um, But I do have my cousin who's designing some digital files that people can buy and actually make their own clothing out of. So that's really exciting. That'll launch probably within the next week or so. But it's been a really fun journey and I've learned a lot and it's it's a lot of work. Um, I'm either I'm working my full time job and then cramming in shirts in between that. So it's been it's been a blast. Cool. All right. Here is a this one's going to take some thinking on your part. OK, because it's kind of broad and it's a hypothetical. If I hired you to work for me and I granted you three promises in regards to working for me, what would those three promises be? Okay, so are these promises that I know you would make or that you want? That you would want me. That I'd want you to make? Yeah, you work for me, so whatever that job is, we don't know. You can pretend whatever it is. What three promises do, do I make to you because you're working for me? Um, the three promises that I'd want you to make for me? Yeah. I would want you to be appreciative of my work. All the time? All the time. And I'm slow blinking you right now. I would want you to. That's actually such a huge one for me. I, I really like to feel valued and appreciated. And so that would be a big one. Um, you would have to. Um, you would actually have to buy me Starbucks every morning. <laughs> this is getting worse. Thank God you don't work for me. Yeah, well, I mean, come on. And I want to um, have every Friday off. Thank you very much. Okay. Well, good thing this is not real life here. Um you know, you and our relationship, you're the one who's like super into politics. I'm not. I just pretty much you tell me what the hot topics are that Rachel Maddow has told you. So that leads me into where did your love for Rachel Maddow come from? Because she literally looks like the female version of your son. So where did your love for Rachel Maddow come? First of all, my son would be lucky if he looked like Rachel. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I actually have a huge crush on Rachel Maddow, for those of you that don't know. Um, but no, I think I really just uh, love her because she's super real. 
Um, she's also a lesbian, which I love and identify with. And she's a powerful one who gets out there and she's taking, taken seriously. Um, she really asks hard questions and she, um, really brings a lot of, um, how do I, she really brings a lot of knowledge to her show, things that, um, maybe we haven't thought about before. And she's like in the up and up, plus she's been doing it for so long that she has a lot of contacts in a lot of places. So it's pretty cool that, um, you get to hear from the people that are on her show. Have you, uh, Rachel Maddow talks a lot about politics and that's pretty much it. Have you always been into politics or is this just something that happened since now you're an old lady? <laughs> I'm not old, you're old. Um, I, you know, I think politics, I mean, I'm sure that this is true for a lot of people, but politics really came, um, came in strong for me when Trump was elected because it was such a fucking shit show and, um, it was almost like, well, what's he going to do next? How are we going to get through this? What's the next administration? God forbid he gets a second term. How are they going to fix this mess? Um, and I, I just, I couldn't get rid of this overwhelming sense of embarrassment and dread with every word that he spoke. So I would say this last four years, I've been really into it. And actually, Actually, even before that, when Hillary was running, like it was such a huge deal. We really wanted a female in the in the White House. And I mean, it was such so high stakes, you know. And so I would say probably, honestly, within the last like five, six years. Okay, here's a hypothetical for you. All of a sudden, they come to you and they say, Carrie, you're going to be president of the United States of America. Would you do it? Would I do it? Wow. I don't think so. I don't. I, I would, I don't have grandiose idea about myself. Um, I don't think I'm qualified. I have a lot of good ideas, but there's a lot of things that happen in politics that I don't understand and know that the way things work. Um, so would I want to be possibly an advisor? Yeah, I think it'd be cool to be able to chime in and weigh in on some of the, uh, some of the issues, but no, I'm not qualified to do that job. All right, let's say we forced you and you didn't have an option. What do you think your greatest strength would be as the president of the United States of America? <laughs> um, I think probably if I was forced into being the president, my greatest strengths would probably be compassion um, and the ability to see things objectively and to really hone in on what do... Um, minority groups really need. I'm part of a minority group and I'm also a woman. So I think it would be great um, to have that perspective brought to the White House. All right. What would your biggest weakness as the president be? Oh, that I'm a bleeding heart and I would want to help everyone. And I would be really, really hard to have to pick and choose who to help. Um, and also the frustration of the bureaucracy would probably be one of the challenges that I'd, I'd have to deal with. Okay. Um, in your life, we're going we're gonna to divert from the politics talk. In your life, is there a moment in your life that you feel changed your life forever, like changed your path? Is there a moment you can look back on that you're like, oh, that was the life-changing moment for you? Yes, absolutely. And that was the day that I came out. Um, I, for those of you that don't, mar don't know, I was married, um, to my son's father, who's a great guy, uh, no complaints there. He's a great guy, a great dad. 
um, good person all around. Um, but I just knew something was different with me and I couldn't figure it out. And the day that I did, I was devastated because I didn't know what to do about that. And I was wrapped up. I was fully living a straight married life with a child, a young child. And, um, I, yeah. So the day that I, the day that I realized that I was gay and then I, I think actually that day before I even came out, the day I realized I was gay was the pivotal moment in my life. Okay. Do you have any, what, well, actually, I guess we have lots, but do you, what is your biggest regret in life do you, that you think? That's a really hard one. My biggest regret? While you think about it, her biggest regret should be that she doesn't buy me Starbucks every single day. It's only sometimes, not all the time. I think he's a damn liar. I buy her <laughs> Starbucks 90% of the time. I don't know. I think my biggest regret would probably be that I, when I did come out, that I was so self-involved. And I don't know if I poured into my son as much as I wish I had. Does that make sense? I feel like I was self-centered um, because I was just figuring out this new life. Um, so I would have done a few things differently in that regard. All right. So that leads me into my next topic, which you are a mom. You have your son, David, and we have a uh, our st- your stepson, Caden. What's your favorite thing about being a mom? Oh, man, it changes, right? I mean, like as your kid gets older, at first, you know, when they're young, you're like, oh, my gosh, I just love how they're all tiny and they just need you for everything. Now it's all changed. You know, our kids are older, 11 and 14. They're both boys. I think the, the best part of being a mom is really passing on um, advice and knowledge based on my own mistakes and like being at hope, hoping that, that they won't make the same mistakes you do. And also just that feeling of, um, you know, of love and of, um, guiding them through the world. I think that's just like probably the best thing. All right. What is your proudest mom moment? Oh, my proudest mom moment. Hmm. That's a tough one. Um, my proudest mom moment would probably be at least from, hmm, I th- that's a tough one. I have to really think about that. There's been a lot of moments. I think probably, you know, you're always proud when your kids succeed. So I think, um, you know, and this is going to seem so basic to a lot of people, but my oldest, um, he was like a junior leader at the summer camp and he um, just killed it and he learned so much responsibility that year and he loved it and he was just you know riding his bike on his own from his you know from his dad's to camp and he just really got himself here and there and um, you know all those things and also you know just the moments that are small, right? Like when he texted my dad to see if he'd gotten the COVID shot and just told him that he missed him, you know? And then with Caden, like he is incredibly gifted with music. And so watching him for the first time play a song that we heard on the radio that we were like, Ooh, I love this song. And he listened to it once and just started playing it. I mean, that is insanely talented. So I, you know, I have a lot of proud moments about my kids, but those are a couple. All right, those are good ones. What is your most 
um, embarrassing mom story? I know there's one in my head that I can think of that you've told, but I want to see what you come up with if it's different. Most embarrassing mom story. Most embarrassing. Oh, yes. No, I know exactly (laughs) which one. (laughs) So the summer that he was actually a junior leader in summer camp, you know, it's driving, riding his bike through the neighborhood on his way to camp. And he, he actually told me this at the end of the day when he came over and I said, Hey, how was your day? He's like, Oh, it was fine. Except for I had to, I had to poop on the way to camp. So I knocked on someone's door and they let me use their bathroom. And I was all, hold up. You knocked on a stranger's door and asked to use their bathroom and then you pooped in their toilet. Yeah. That's what I said. Yeah. I mean, like literally looked at me like, why are you asking me this? Of course I did. It's like, David, you cannot go into strangers' houses and poop up their bathroom. You don't know them. So that was definitely, I was just like, oh my gosh. I was thinking more of like your mom's story, like like of you. And I was thinking of the story when the FedEx guy came to the door. <laughs> oh, yes. Okay, so those of you who have breastfed, I'm just going to tell you, if you've never been in that situation... Your body after you give birth is no longer your own. And and actually you have zero shame because literally there's a full on, you know, it's it, it it's your whole body is out there for display while you're in the hospital getting getting giving birth. All these different doctors come in and at the end of the day you're basically just like spread eagle on a bed and you're just like, sure, I don't even care. Anybody who wants to come look, come look. Because they check you all the time. Well, I was at home. I was breastfeeding. Davey was probably about four months old. And I it's I was exhausted. I wasn't getting any sleep. I'm, I'm sitting on the couch in the living room. Doorbell rings. I get up. I go to the front door. I get my package from the FedEx guy. I go and sit down. And I look down and one whole boob is out. One whole boob. And he didn't bat an eye because I didn't even notice it. I had been nursing for like hours, you know, and it just, I was just like, who even cares at this point? Just who even cares? <laughs> That's the one I was thinking of. Uh, if I was that FedEx driver, I'd be so happy and I would try to put you on my route all the time. And I'd be like, I want to go to the house where the lady just shows up with her party, with her party tit hanging out. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, so my favorite subject, our relationship, we're going to move into. One of the questions that people always ask me is, Carrie, do you get jealous when people flirt with me? Because I'm, I'm like Brad Pitt. I'm quite the commodity, and people are always throwing their self at me, throwing their underwear at me. Does it bug you? Um, no. Come on. Seriously. Uh, you know, honestly, the only time that it would bug me is if somebody took it too far and they were basically like, hey, you should leave your wife. And that really like is a line that I don't like to be crossed. And as long as you handle it the right way where you're like, nah, boo, I'm busy. I'm with my wife and we never plan to break up. We're married. Um, that's the only time that I would. And I don't even think that's jealousy. That's just more like anger and bitch, please. Okay. Um, and I do. I set people straight after I flirt with them and then realize that they're taking me serious because I've gotten myself in trouble a few times. But I get out of it, all right, without crossing the line. Okay, so I always tell the story that when you and I met, 
you were sitting on the couch. You were like James Dean. You then you didn't really talk to me. Thank God. And you got up and then you went over and there's some debate. And I just want to put here. Did you go over and eat the salami, Carrie? (laughs) I don't I honestly don't. I probably did. I probably did. And I don't remember specifically what I ate, but it just shows how much of a stalker you were right when we met because you remember what I went up and went to go eat. I even remember what you were wearing. You're wearing a black tank top and jean shorts. And I remember the girl that was sitting next to you was wearing the same thing. And I thought they must be together because they're dressed like twins. But that's just like a lesbian thing, I think. Y'all y'all wear the same outfits. Yeah, that's exactly it. I mean, that was the lesbian uniform in the summer. And that's what I wore. And no, we weren't together. But I will say that like when you first walked in, I was like, ooh. I haven't seen her before. Fresh meat. Because, you know, everybody that's in the lesbian community knows it's such a small community. And I'd never met her before. And then her wife walked in. And I was like, whatever. She's off the table. I would like to talk less about my ex-wife and more about how you said fresh meat. But you also went up and grabbed meat off of the meat. Do you have a thing with meat? A fetish, we'll call it. I don't have a fetish with meat, but I'll, I, I, I really like pastrami curtains. <laughs> You're, okay. <laughs> You're a damn miss. Would you do a fans only page, Carrie? I would like for you to, <laughs> I've never actually seen a fans only page and I would like for you to uh, define it for me. I feel like you could do one where maybe you just talk with your radio personality voice and maybe eat salami I think people would pay for that and you could even maybe put like pieces of bologna down on your bits and just kind of slap them on things (laughs) just stop (laughs) a fans only I would do a fans only page if it was just me talking and people liked how I talked I mean if my fans only page was just me talking sign up because you're in for I don't even know. Sounds like a lot of boredom. <laughs> a lot of boredom. People pay for uh, People pay to just look at your toe. They're going to pay to listen to your voice. Oh, and you can do your lips because Carrie has really hot, big lips. That's why we call her hot lips. Hot lips, Houlihan. All right, Carrie, what is your biggest pet peeve about me? Ooh, my biggest pet peeve. There's so many, but I have to think of the biggest. Okay, let me think. Yeah, don't. We don't have all night. Uh, my biggest pet peeve about you is your instantly 100 miles down the road 100 years down the road when things pop off and you are always always thinking the absolute worst about situations that probably don't warrant it and so yeah that's my pet peeve (laughs) whatever um okay so I in our relationship I hate unloading the dishwasher I love loading it I hate cleaning the bathroom shower but I love cleaning the living room and the kitchen What are the chores in our relationship that you hate doing? I hate cleaning the shower and I always have to. I thought thought you (laughs) No, you just make me and it's awful. And so I want that to stop immediately. Uh, No, I also don't like unloading the dishwasher. Nobody likes to unload the dishwasher. I don't like to fold clothes and put them away like when we do laundry. I'd rather just shove them in the washing machine. I'll move it over to the dryer. That's the other thing. I like to put clothes into the washing machine, but I hate putting them into the dryer. No, I like putting them in the dryer. I hate taking them out of the dryer. Yeah. I mean, it's the end result, right? It's all fine and good when you put it in the washing machine or the dryer and you hit go. But then eventually it ends and then you have to do something with those things. So, yeah, I agree with you on that one. 
All right. Um, these are just going to kind of be, these next questions are just kind of general, but some of them are going to be deep, thought-provoking. Do you think, would you consider yourself religious or spiritual? I would consider myself religiously spiritual. <laughs> wow, you just covered the whole, the whole, the whole thing there. Um, okay. What was your favorite memory as a kid? My favorite memory as a kid is an easy one. So I grew up in Barstow, California. For those of you that don't know it, it's a shithole in the middle of the desert, the Mojave Desert. Um, it's halfway between LA and Vegas. Um, but uh, in my childhood, we used to um, breed quarter horses and I had horses. And I remember one time my mom picked me up from the babysitters on a horse and we actually got to ride home um, in the rain, just the two of us through the desert. And it was probably one of the most memorable, most beautiful childhood memories that I have. Yeah, that sounds like something out of a movie. Um, what were you wearing? Oh, wait, no. How old were you? Now, never mind. It's inappropriate. I don't want to know what you were wearing. It just, it just got weird. Everything just got weird. Okay. If you had to pick one house in your, or one, I, well, so the, it, your options are going to be desert, ocean, or mountains, and you have to live there forever. You can never leave. Which one are you moving to? Oof, that's so tough. Desert? No. You wouldn't pick I, the desert? I would not pick the desert, even though that's where my my roots are. I love the desert, and I would go back and visit, but to live there forever? No, thank you. Um, probably, I would have to say, and you're going to hate this, I would have to say the ocean. I know. Nikki's big into the mountains. And, and you know what? It's a close second with the mountains. So as I've gotten older, like I've my my um, dreams have kind of changed about where I want to retire. It used to be on the ocean. Now I'm kind of moving towards the mountains with Nikki. So, yeah, I'd have to say the ocean, though, for the dream. I don't like the ocean because it's just a lot of stress about how much my house is deteriorating all the time. That's why I don't like the ocean. All right. I agree. I mean, salt water is terrible on buildings, but think of how awesome it would be to just be able to walk down to the beach whenever you want and live in a cute little ocean build like house. But then I think about, okay, in the water, it's salt and surf and I, there's sharks. Whereas if I could live on a lake, I could paddleboard, I could swim without sharks and I'm okay with lake except for like Lake Placid. I wouldn't want that kind of an alligator to be there, but that's highly unlikely. But Betty White would be your neighbor. <gasps> See, that's why we are moving to the mountains, because Betty White would be my neighbor. Oh, but do you mean she's only my neighbor if I have to deal with an alligator in the... Mm. Okay, well then my lake house will have a pool. Okay, all right, deal. That alligators aren't allowed to go into. Right, no, obviously. Okay, um... What do you think about when you're alone in the car? What don't I think about when I'm alone in the car? <laughs> Honestly, I'm usually thinking about my kids or I'm usually thinking about you or I'm unpacking things, you know, in my head. Um, but also I'm thinking of the next shirt design because that is like literally um, obsessive about it because I'm like, what's the latest trends? What can, what can I make next? Okay. Um, I like the part where you thought about me, not so much about your t-shirts. Um, here's a hypothetical. All right. We're done with this podcast, let's say. 
and you were let's pretend we're in an office all right and you walk outside and you look over and there's a lottery ticket for 10 million dollars what do you buy I thought you were going to ask me if I keep it or not oh no you're keeping it oh that's not an option okay well if I I, I wouldn't have kept it, first of all. But um, what would I buy? Uh, first of all, I would pay off all my bills, right? And I would pay off my house and I would pay off all kinds of stuff. Second of all, the first thing I would buy, let's see. The first thing I would buy would be probably a new motorcycle. Yeah, I would. Um, I'd probably buy a big fancy RV so we could travel all over the country. Um, and I would buy... Ten million dollars. Ten million. That's a lot of tacos. Uh, <laughs> um, I I don't know. I mean, I I would I would want to buy a house in in a big fancy house that's still cozy, probably in the Fab Forties or near a lake. I think those are good because I support everything you're going to spend your money on. So thank you for supporting my life. Tell me three hot people. They can't be me, though. Okay. You got to think. I need you to think bigger. Three hot people, not me, celebrities preferably. Rachel Maddow. (laughs) Sandra Bullock. I really think she's hot. And Eliza Dushku. Love her in um, Wrong Turn, which, by the way, they're doing a remake of soon, and I want to see it. Wait, you said Rachel Maddow, Eliza douche canoe <laughs> and who was the other one uh sandra bullock. sandra bullock yes okay so we're gonna do the whole mary kill mary kill sleep with rachel Modown, eliza douche canoe or sandra bullock mary kill or sleep with oof mary rachel <laughs> sleep with eliza and kill Sandra, but that makes me very sad. I don't want to think about that. <laughs> you said I don't want to think about that. Um, you mentioned you'd buy another motorcycle. What got you into riding motorcycles? Tell us a little bit about your motorcycle career. Nikki got me into motorcycles. I plugged that. See how I set you up for that? To yeah. About me. Yeah. Uh, we all we all got it. Excuse me. Um, yeah, so Nikki had a bike and I and she would go out on rides all by her lonesome and she'd come back and she'd go, Oh man, like it was fun, but it'd be so much great so much better if you were with me. Um and I just thought about it and thought about it and thought about it and I decided to take the motorcycle safety class and learn how to ride a bike and once I got the hang of it and once I got my first bike, that was it for me. Now I'm obsessed and I just I love it. I love it riding, riding so much. And you look good doing it. And you're a far better rider than I am because she has no fear. And I am usually behind her and she goes too fast all the time. No matter how much I yell at her to slow down, I think it just makes her go faster, which I don't appreciate, but whatever. Okay, here's a super hypothetical. You got to think outside of your box, okay? All right. A penguin walks through that door right now and he's wearing a sombrero. <laughs> what does he say and why is he here? Um, a penguin <laughs> walks through our door wearing a sombrero. What is he saying? Why is he here? Um, what the hell? First of all, he doesn't say shit because he's a penguin. And actually, if he could talk, he'd be like, where the hell am I and why am I wearing a sombrero? Because I clearly belong in somewhere very cold. 
Maybe he's going to ask us to make him some tacos. Maybe he's bringing us tacos. Like maybe he's <gasps> singing. It's like a, it's like a stork bringing a baby, but it's a pelican bringing tacos. Yes. All right. I well, I can get down with that. And we would name him, and his name would be Sanchez. <laughs> Sanchez. <laughs> all right, Carrie. We're coming down to the end here of our interview. So here's just the last little couples here. All right. What is the biggest misconception about you? I know what it is, but what do you think it is? The biggest misconception about me is that I'm a bitch. <laughs> Nikki actually warns new people that I'm going to meet that she knows. Um, like, d- don't worry about Carrie. Like, she just, she can be standoffish. She can come off like a bitch, but she's not real. And that's so true. I think I'm just one of those people that just has a resting bitch face and who will sit quietly and observe until I've decided whether or not I like you and and that just takes a little bit of time but other than that I'm usually I'm a very kind good friend I'm you know like I said bleeding heart and will help anyone but it takes a second and I only say that to people because often people will come up to me and ask me Nikki does your wife like me and I think it's because I'm like a labradoodle puppy and I give off the impression that I like everybody and Carrie gives off the impression that she could give two shits about everybody (laughs) until (laughs) until you get to know her and there's like there's really you know it couldn't be farther from the truth she's more the one to probably form a deeper connection with people than I am but just in the very beginning she she comes across kind of quiet and like she's just not very impressed with anybody (laughs) usually impressed right away Um, especially if somebody's talking a lot like a huge game about themselves and I'm instantly like meh all right Carrie what do you want people or what here what do you want people to know about you like what are three things that you want people to know about you oh um three things that I want people to know about me people I don't know I'm assuming Um, probably that I'm honest and loyal, um, that I, um, care deeply about the people that I are in my life and that I, oh, wow. That's hard to like really look at yourself. Um, probably that I really do want to leave a good impression on people's lives and somehow make it better all right what are your three wishes for 2021 Oof, that the kids can go back to school safely that's one and that's not just for me but that's for our kids because I don't know about you guys but um our kids have had struggled and it, it just would be so great for them to get back into the swing of things and be back with their their peers and and really make memories at school um Also, just that we can, you know, come back to some sense of normalcy. Thank God Biden's in the office and and there's good things that are happening. Um, But it doesn't it's not just one man. It's not just one amazing VP. It's, you know, the whole administration and, and our Congress and our Senate. And just, you know, I just really hope that the best interests for America are, you know, in the forefront of their goals. Um, And then the third thing would be just that our family personal on a personal note that our family grows closer and stronger and more united and has a stronger foundation um and that we just um make the best out of this next year well carrie i sure do appreciate you taking time out of your busy t-shirt company (laughs) day and out of being married and being a mom and sitting down and talking with us and being really my first 
full out interview of just myself. You were a really great host. I mean, uh, guest. I'm the host. You're the guest. So I do appreciate your time. Well, it's been a pleasure, Nikki, and I'll see you in a couple seconds in the kitchen because I'm starving. But yeah, no, I uh, this was fun. Thanks for all the questions. You are welcome. Hey, just a reminder for all of you that are listening, I greatly appreciate it. Thank you so much. And also, Grabbing the Mic podcast has merch. So you guys should go and click on the link or you can head over to dgfgllc.com and start shopping. Make sure you buy yourself the black hoodie because that's the one that I rock and that's the coolest one anyways. So thank you, everybody. We do appreciate it. Carrie, were you going to say something else? I was just going to say thanks for being so hot, being my interviewer. I mean, it's easy for me to just sit here and be cute (laughs) and creative, so... All right. Well, Carrie, you got to say bye to everybody. We can't talk about you all night. All right. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Have a good week. Thanks for listening to Grabbing the Mic with Nikki Judge and Friends. Tune in weekly for new episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. Visit us at dgfgllc.com for new updates. Sign up for the Grabbing the Mic newsletter and links for the podcast merchandise.